0: Good morning, church, and it's such a privilege to be in your home this morning. So wherever you're watching or wherever you're listening, remember God loves you, He's on your side, and there is nothing too difficult for our God. Church, before we dig into the Word this morning, we want to just give you the opportunity to bring your tithes and your offerings and sow them into the kingdom of God. So you can give via the EFT platform or you can use Snapscan, which is appearing on your screen right now. If you'd like to find out more information about how you can give, you can go to rfcfc.com, or you can send us an email at info at We wanna thank you for your generosity, and I'm gonna pray over your finances right now. Father, I thank you that your word never fails. I wanna thank you that, Lord, even in the most difficult times, you are still our source, You are our provider. And I pray for every person this morning that you'll provide seed for the sower, that you'll multiply the seed that we've sown and that will produce a harvest, not just in our lives and our personal finances, but in the church. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so excited this morning to start a new series and we've entitled this series, Perfect. How many of you know that we are all Perfectly imperfect. Not one of us gets a 10 out of 10. But how many of you know when we stand in Christ, we are definitely a 10. So this series will go around learning who we already are in Christ, but then leveraging that in our lives to become the best that we can be. Yes, we are already perfect in Christ. In this moment right now, God is working in you, in his church, and bringing us to a place that we can arise and be who he's called us to be. For that to happen, his word needs to become real inwardly so that it can reach fulfillment outwardly. Paul was speaking about this in Philippians chapter 3. And I know we've just finished a series on the book of Philippians, but I just cannot get away from these verses. So let's read them together in the light of what we're talking about. And we're going to read from verses 12 to verses 14. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Paul understood something that when Jesus saved him, that he took hold of his life, and he took hold of his life not just so he could be saved, but there was a destiny and a purpose that started to flow out of his life that he was chasing after and going after with a passion. He goes on in verse 13 and he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, Forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Listen to verse 14. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The one translation in verse 14 says, I press towards the higher calling that I have in Jesus. Isn't it exciting and incredibly uplifting today to realize that you have a higher calling? That God is taking you from where you are and he's taking you upward and onward. And he has a plan for our lives. This word press in the Greek is a very powerful word. And it actually means this. It means to run swiftly in order to catch something. In Proverbs 18 and verse 15, in the Passion Translation, it says this, The spiritually hungry are always ready to learn more, for their hearts are eager to discover new things. You see, church, when Christ got a hold of you, He knew exactly what He was doing. He knew exactly who you were, and He realized that is he deposited his holy spirit in you he was depositing a hunger and a spiritual passion that would cause you to chase after him paul, paul, paul sorry paul speaks about this te- text in a really deep and full manner you see you're always there in Christ you are perfect but in the same instance you're never there because god is so big God is so full and He has got so much in store for us that there is a never-ending passion of chasing after Him because He's got things that He wants to install in your life. It's like if you own a smartphone and I've got an iPhone, every now and then, you've got to download your latest update. You've got to install the latest new thing that they have which will make your phone operate better. I want you to know God wants to install and he wants to allow you to download your latest update. And he wants you to know today that you are perfectly imperfect. You know, in the Passion Translation, I want to read these verses again. And listen carefully to what these verses are speaking into our lives this morning. I admit that I haven't yet acquired absolute fullness. The absolute fullness that I'm pursuing But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget everything that's behind me and I fasten my heart on the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus in my life. Are you walking more and more into running your race and finishing strong? You see, this text communicates to you and I that we need to have a spiritual passion to chase after Christ and that in a sense we never get there. But in the same sense, there's a genuine satisfaction in our lives because we know that we're complete in Him. In Psalm sixty three, verse one, the writer of Psalms says this in the Passion Translation He says, O oh my God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst for the deepest I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that I cannot even describe, such yearnings that grip my soul for you. My God, I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and to drink in more of your glory. So today, I want to focus on the word press, and I want to add I to the beginning of it. Like an iPhone, I press. I press towards those deeper and greater things that I have in my higher calling. And I've taken this word, I press, and I've turned it into an acrostic. So it will help you and I to remember it and apply it to our lives. So let's start into that this morning. Let's start with I. Many, many people have declared, and I think they write that if you set your mind to anything, you can accomplish it. It's a good mindset to have. You see, we need to be optimistic and we need to be positive. If we're going to make progress in our lives, we have to engage our wills and we have to be positive and we have to have a good outlook for the future. But the truth is that human optimism may relieve some tension And may give us a good outlook. But there comes a time that even our human will and our positive outlook cannot take us beyond the barriers that we are facing. And that's where Jesus becomes more real to you and I. Paul paints this picture for us in Romans chapter 7. As he reflected in his own life. And he reflected the conflict and the struggle he was going through at that time. And let's read it together from verses 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I cannot find. For the good that I will to do, I don't do. And the evil that I will not to do, I practice. Now, if I, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it. But sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to be good. Notice something very significant about this verse. Paul is saying, I know who I really am. I know that I really want to do good. I really want to do the right thing, but I don't find the strength or the will to carry it out. So he was distinguishing something that's so important for you and I to understand about our lives if we're going to make progress. Verse 23. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of of sin and death, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Listen carefully. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... With my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. Paul is so clear, and he starts to have this clarity of understanding about what it meant to be perfect and what it meant to be imperfect, and how to marry those two, because he goes on in Romans 8 and verse 1, and he says, There is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. That's why Paul could come to the conclusion in Philippians 4 verse 13 where he says this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this I doesn't speak about my ability, and I can do anything, and, and I can do whatever I want. It speaks about an I that he submitted and yielded to the love of Christ and the power of God. And that enabled him to be able to say, no matter what he was facing in his life, I can do all things. Philippians 4 verse 13 is such a powerful verse, and we know it well. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the Amplified, it actually says it like this in brackets. It says, I am ready for anything. I am equal to anything through him who infuses his inner strength into me. I become self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. My friend, no matter what you're facing right now, this moment in your life, you are able to overcome. You are able to go beyond the barriers that are trying to control you and hold you back because the greater one lives within you. So would you say that with me today, wherever you're sitting? I can do all things. Now we start to move into this revelation of understanding that my imperfections actually enable me to become perfect because Christ reveals himself to me in those instances. And I can start to see that the strength that I need to overcome anything in my life comes through me focusing on Jesus and looking at who Jesus is in the Bible in relation to my life. That's what the writer of Hebrews was saying in verses one and two of of chapter 12. Can we read it? It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you realize today that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith? The word author means someone who is the founder or the original or the first. And the and the word finisher means someone who completes something or brings it to an end. Actually, in the Greek, this word is a little bit more significant. The word finisher means he's the one who brings it to perfection. He's the one who matures our faith. Uh, the one translation says this. Someone who is a finisher carries something to its highest level of perfection or completion and sets the example. Jesus set the example for you and I. And he helps us to reach the highest position or place that we're able to in our lives. That's what he meant here in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 to 18 where he says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we're heirs. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which will be revealed in us. Significant words we find here in this verse because it says this, if we suffer with him. How many of you know right now in this world, there are so many people suffering. We are all suffering under this COVID-19 pandemic and the restrictions and the, and the financial pressure that it's putting on all of us. But how many of you know that cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us as we keep our focus and we keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. This means that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, it's a picture of how his grace positions our lives and enables us to take our place in the higher calling. Paul made the statement in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Isn't that incredible? The grace of God didn't cause Paul to do less or be less. The grace of God empowered him to be more and do more. Notice he says, I labored. I worked hard, I pursued, I was passionate to do the things of God because of the grace of God. Let's get it down inside of us today. I can do all things as I press in to life. Let's move on to the P of press. But let's remember that I can as we go into that. So the P of press stands for pray. I can pray. Sometimes we have this mindset and so many of us have fallen to this many times before is we say you know I'm going through something I better phone my pastor. I'm going through something I better find and phone that powerful prayer warrior. Or I better phone that person who I know can really pray well. Well I want to encourage you today because you're in Christ you are that prayer warrior. You are the one who can pray. Prayer is about going after the things that are of the highest value to God. Psalm 5 verse 2 to 3, it says, Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray, my voice you will hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Prayer is is a great weapon in the life of a believer. Do you know that God rules this world through your prayer life? Do you know that God has access to other people's lives through your prayer life? That's how important and that's how powerful prayer is to you and I. Think about this incredible story in Acts chapter 12. Peter had been locked up for preaching the gospel. He had he had been limited. He had been put in lockdown. And during those times, the church was exploding all over and they were doing amazing things through the power of the Holy Ghost and through the power of unity that people were scared of them because they were breaking out of prisons. People were getting up and walking. Miracles were happening all over the place. And so they took Peter. They didn't just lock him up. They chained him in the inner prison, and they put a guard on either side of him in the prison. So the guard wasn't outside guarding. Those guards were there, but they put an extra guard on either side of him because they were so scared that Peter would break out of prison. How many know God's got such an incredible sense of humor? And so during the night hour, guess what? An angel shows up and literally breaks the chains off Peter's arms And walks him out of the prison while the guards are sleeping. Do you know how that happened? Go read it in Acts chapter 12. It says this. Constant prayer was being made for Peter at someone's home just down the road. They were praying. They were interceding. They were speaking in tongues. They were calling on their God. And guess what? God moved through their prayers and set Peter free. You and I need to be a people at this time more than ever before. We should be people of prayer. We should rise up and be the prayer warriors that we're called to do. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We should be praying in tongues more than ever before. We should be worshiping in our heavenly language and we should be declaring God's power and God's word into our circumstances. The hour of press Let's look at that for a moment. The R of prayer speaks about resist. I must pray, but number two, I must resist. We all go through difficulties in our lives, and all of us have issues that we need to deal with and confront. It's not what you're going through and what's happening to you that counts, but it is what's happening in you that will make uh, make the difference and determine Your testimony. So today you can say this with me. I can resist the devil. I can resist evil. And I can resist the negative things in my life that will try and drag me down and stop me from being the best that I can be. In 1 Peter 5 verses 8 to 10, look what it says. Let's just read that verse together. Verses 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may may devour. Verse 9. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. The Bible talks about King David, how he had got depressed and was feeling discouraged after a terrible failure in his life. But the Bible says he resisted that depression. He didn't sink into the depths of despair. He told God how he felt, but then he made a decision not to live by his feelings. He got up, He resisted the temptation to be depressed. He resisted the temptation to live there. And he arose and he started to praise God. And he continued to trust God in that difficult situation. What do you need to resist in your life today? Perhaps you're hurting right now due due to a loss in your life. I want to tell you that there are new beginnings in front of you. Trust and praise God like David did. What Satan intends for harm, God can turn it around for your good. You see, whatever you resist in your life will get weaker. Whatever you embrace and whatever you welcome into your life will get stronger. So let's remember today that I can resist. Should we go through it quickly? I can do all things through Christ. I can pray and I can resist. Let's look at the E of the word press today. The word E stands for establish. Establish. God wants Jesus in the center of your life. He wants Jesus to be the center of his church. In Hebrews 13 verse 9, the word of God tells us, That we should not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace. What? That the heart be established by grace, not with foods that have not profited them that have been occupied by them. It's so important that we understand the grace of God in our lives. The grace of God is God's unmerited favor. It's his ability to be and do in me what I know I cannot do in my own strength. So I can say this today. I can be established. The word established means to be rooted. It means to be grounded. And it means to be settled. In other words, being established in my life speaks about a depth of relationship with Jesus my Savior that is reflected in my everyday reality. It's reflected in the way I live and the decisions I make. You see, family, sometimes in our lives, and I've done this in my own life, you know, I hear some good preaching about something and I go out and I say, you know what, I'm going to try that. And so I tried and I tried and I slip up and I fall and I get discouraged. Why? Because You can't just try something. You've got to be established in it for it to become a reality in your everyday living. And that's why the Apostle Paul in Hebrews is saying, listen, you can get established. There's so many people right now. They're running after this prophecy and they're running after this. And what is God saying in COVID? And this is God's judgment. They're running after all sorts of things. Paul says, listen, stop eating food. That's not going to benefit you. Get established. Get rooted. Put your roots down in the grace of God because then they'll start producing incredible fruit in your life. In Hebrews 13 verse 9 in the Passion Translation, listen to what it says. So don't let anyone lead you astray with all sorts of novel and exotic teachings. It is more beautiful to feast on grace And be inwardly strengthened than to be obsessed with dietary rules which in themselves have no lasting benefit. Grace is the root in my life that causes me to realize how much God loves me. How much God is committed to me. You see, and it causes me to love Jesus even more and more and more. And therefore empowers me to see other people the way God sees them. It's so easy to look at other people and judge them. But when I'm rooted in grace, I can see them the way God sees them. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 it says, Even so you, since you are passionate for spiritual gifts, let it be for the building up of the church that you seek to excel in every area. In other words, what it's telling us here is our desire mustn't just be for spiritual gifts. Our desire mustn't just be to look excellent. Nothing wrong with both those things. But the desire we have for those things needs to be with a heart to want to build other people. Wanting to make a difference in our world and in our community. You see, being established in grace today means that I'm walking in the righteousness that God has given me. Isaiah 61 verse 10 in the Amplified says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness. And as a bridegroom decks himself with the garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Just think about that couple that's getting married and as the bride comes walking down the aisle, she's beautiful and she's got her best makeup and then she receives this beautiful diamond ring and she's, she's actually looking the best that she'll ever look and the best she's ever looked. God says in that moment that that's what righteousness actually looks like. That's what, right, when you're dressed up your best, when, when you're dressed to the hilt and you that's what it looks like when you're wearing God's righteousness isn't that amazing God sees you in Christ's perfection let's go on and we start looking at the S of press there are two S's and you're probably sitting there maybe you can make up your own acrostic with a whole lot of biblical principles that you can apply but the S today the first S of I press and notice Paul says in Philippians two things he says I press on And i press forward. And that's what we're going to do in our lives. The S stands for this. It stands for speaking. What are you speaking today is so important. Do you know that God knows the power of spoken words? He created the world with the words he spoke. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made from things that are visible. God literally created the visible world out of nothing. He used his words. When he speaks, things happen. And know today that he has chosen man to be his representative here on earth. Therefore, I can speak the word of God. I can speak the word of God. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Peter understood the power of words when he saw Jesus coming to him, walking on the water. And he said to Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 14, 29? He said, Peter, come. And Peter stepped out on the words of Jesus, and he literally walked on water. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, there was a centurion, a centurion God who wasn't even of the Jewish faith, who had a revelation of the power of, of the spoken word when he said to Jesus, You don't even have to come to my house, speak the word only, and my child will be healed. There is power. In the spoken word. When you pray and you believe God's word and then you start to speak it out boldly, it is literally setting the stage for God's power to operate. When we speak His word, we're aligning our lives and our thoughts in agreement with the purposes of God for our lives. Listen to what it says in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Then the angel said to me, Do not fear Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, listen to this, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. God heard the words of Daniel, and he literally sent an angel because of the words that Daniel was speaking. God will come for your word or not. What are you speaking into existence? Words can create. Words can heal or words can damage. They can change things for the better or for the worse. Jeremiah 1 verse 12 says this, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Establish your life by the power of speaking and declaring God's word. Pastor Ray says this Your prayers and your declarations will remain long after you are gone, they will keep on producing ro- results after you have already moved on to the next thing. Because words have power and they create things. What are you creating in your life by the things? That you are saying. Finally, the last S of our Press stands for stand. Stand. You see, sweet victories come from standing strong in the battle. So you can say this with me today. I can stand. You see, walking with God is not just about running your race. It's about standing your ground. Psalm 1 verse 2 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In the Amplified, that word stands says, does not stand submissive or inactive. You see, there's an old adage, but it's so true. It says if you don't stand for something you'll fall for everything. Standing is about fighting the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life, to which you also were called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Standing in your life spiritually speaks about warfare. You see, when you're standing, it means you're standing your ground on God's word, on what you're speaking, on what you're praying, on what you're established in, and you're believing with God until it happens in your life. We read in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 to 14, which speaks about the armor of God. In verse 13, it says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, how many of you know, we're standing and we're facing right now an evil day in our world. And the Bible says, when that evil day comes, you not only must withstand, but you've got to stand. And look at the start of the next verse, verse 14. Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. As I close today, I want to encourage you. Not only are you able, not only can you do all things through Christ, but you can press in to the great things that God has installed for your life. Don't give up. Keep standing. Keep moving. And keep trusting God because He is for you, and He is on your side. Would you close your eyes right now wherever you are? And I want to pray and make a declaration over your life. Father, I want to thank you for your grace. Lord, this world needs your help more than ever before. This nation needs your help. Your church in South Africa needs your help. Our church and I need your help. And so we cry out to you today with confidence that you hear our praise. And I pray that you would strengthen us by your spirit in our inner man. We choose to praise you in this moment. We choose to trust you in this moment. And Lord, whoever's listening to this, whoever's watching this today, if they're struggling in an area of sickness, if they're struggling with depression or discouragement, I pray for them today in the name of Jesus that right now your peace will alight on them. Your fresh presence will comfort them and that you would heal them and make them whole. Father, I thank you for the church of Jesus Christ that we'll arise in this moment and we'll recognize that your glory is upon us. Perhaps you're watching or listening to this today and you've never made Jesus the the Lord of your life. You've never accepted him into your life, which means you're not born again but today you can receive the free gift of eternal life. It would be such a privilege for me to pray with you in this moment. So if you want to pray this prayer, if you want to rededicate your life today, this prayer is fashioned from Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. Just pray this simple prayer and be sincere. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I believe in Jesus today and I invite him to come and live in my heart I receive your forgiveness thank you God for saving me if you just prayed that prayer we would love to hear from you would you send us an email to info at ramissouthcoast.com or go to our website rfcfc.com get our phone number and phone us we would love to connect with you we'd love to pray with you and we'd love to send you a bible if you don't have one Church, I want to remind you today that next week we'll be having communion. So make sure you get your communion elements ready before the service starts. And remember to watch our social media this week for our latest house news and updates. God bless you and have a great week.